Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yes, yes it is. And we're drunk on wings. <laughs> yeah, we're meat drunk. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, yeah, but usually that's like if you go to like a Brazilian grill where they come around with the meats on skewers and you have to tell them to stop feeding you. By con- using your little controller. Yeah. And if red you f- light, green light. And if you forget, you're just like, it's still coming. What's going the, on? The meat's still coming. Oh, we should go for Brazilian barbecue soon. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done that. Yeah, it's a sometimes food. So. It's a sometimes food. I think usually we go there for, like, Brian's birthday, and I think lately he's been, like, keg. Yeah. Brian loves the keg. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, so, I, 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 the thing I always feel about, um, uh, like, Brazilian steakhouse food is that, like, you need a reason. I mean, Yeah, you can't I mean, just go on, like, a Friday. I mean, like, 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 let's be clear. You can. You can just be like, hey, let's go to Bolero's on this day. You can go, or... I think Pampa is the place in the States. I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch of them. There's there's more than... There's like El Gaucho here or something. But like, we're describing the place where the meat is on the sword and the meat never stops coming. Yeah, Brazilian Grill. You can go there anytime. You're right. Yeah. But mostly you go there for like an occasion. Yeah, usually there's a reason. I remember once we went there for dad's birthday and mom was like, you don't like meat that much. And I was like... <laughs> Okay. What? <laughs> so they should not pay for me to get the meat. What? I just had like the salads and sides. <laughs> I don't remember. That's a weird choice for them to make. I know. I'm almost like, no, no, you don't want the meat. You just want the salad. No one, don't go to a Brazilian steakhouse and just get the salad. If you're going to do that, just don't go. Just, just gracefully bow out. <laughs> now, in her defense, I do think I had to go to rehearsal for like a dance show that night. Oh, so she was like, you can't. Do you remember when I went, when, do you remember when I was in Radioheaded? Yeah. Yeah, I had to go to Radiohead at rehearsal. Yeah, so she, so it was less of like you don't, and more of like you can't, you should not. You have to dance. You, you, this, <laughs> you, will, you will just be a slab on the floor. Which you know what? I feel like Denise Clark would have liked. She would have been like, "Ooh, you're exploring. <laughs> yeah, you're really exploring the space." <laughs> I can't dance. Look, going to a Brazilian steakhouse—that's a full day plan. You don't spontaneously decide. You have to plan beforehand and after because you mm-hmm. can't eat all day. No. Then you—I mean—you have little snacks. Yeah. Then you go there, and then that is the rest of your night. I mean, you're, only, yes. you're, not, you're not there for the rest of the night, but once you leave, you're like, I'm done. You're done. My day is done. I took Jeff there it's once for his- It's 7 p.m. My day is done. Yeah, I went, took Jeff there once for his birthday, and like earlier in the day, I had a photo shoot. Yeah. So was I eating? No. No. Photo shoot. No, and you knew what was coming up, too. And then I was like, hey, Jeff, Brazilian Steakhouse. And he was like, I'm at a barbecue. And I was like, <laughs> you've done this wrong. <laughs> You made a mistake, but, but we're you still will going. learn. But you will learn. You have to learn from your you errors. You will learn the mistake you made, and you'll be better next time. So, before we started talking about meat, sure, we were going to talk about how we did research at the bar. Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, we went out for wings, and uh, we decided we were talking about Riverdale. Uh, as we do. As we do. The whole reason <laughs> the we started, only thing we can do. Yeah, the whole reason we started this podcast is because we went for wings, and then we were like. So there's an Archie TV show coming out. Yeah. But this time we decided to do some, like, looking up uh, of the showrunner, uh, Roberto. Roberto, uh, some names. Yes. That we will um, butcher if we say, so yeah. we won't. Um, but Roberto, who is the chief creative officer of Archie Comics, recently, it seems pretty recent. He essentially did one before, one, he picked up a run halfway through, and then he did, then he wrote, 
um, Afterlife with Archie, and then he actually he wrote the reboot, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's that's him. Okay. Also, he, and he was on Glee and like so things like that. this. All of this knowledge makes Riverdale make a lot, a lot more of sense. sense. Uh, and also, he apparently was one of the writers, one of the two writers on the reboot to Carrie, which I feel like someone should have let us know. Yeah, why? Hey, guys, <laughs> why like, weren't you tweeting us when we were like, why are they doing Carrie the musical? I What's like, happening? I feel like it makes a lot more sense. Why? No, actually, I mean, it kind of does. It kind of makes more sense. He is obviously into Carrie. Yeah, he did. I mean, he did the reboot in 2013. <laughs> Was sure. that a movie or a TV show? Oh, a movie that had um, Chloe Grace Moritz in it. Oh. Yeah, she was Carrie. Mm-hmm. And it was not a Netflix special. Nope, no, nope. It was a full movie released in theaters. I'm, huh. I'm going to guess there's probably a copy of it at my house because my uh, my roommates just buy every single horror movie that comes out. I guess at that time you and I were watching a lot of like, not Inception, Insidious. We were watching a lot of, like, Insidious and Sinister, because that was all around that time. Yeah, 2013, yeah. That so we were just, like, distracted by I mean, I knew it was coming movies. out. I knew it was coming out. I just didn't care, because I, I watched the original Carrie, and I was always like, eh, I don't really care about this story. I feel like a lot of Stephen King stuff um, serves much better <laughs> in novel form than in cinematic form. Um, the exception being It, ugh. which is insane in novel form. Um, I don't know if you would say that it's better in novel form. It's certainly his adaptations are certainly different. I just like you know, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, no, that Cujo. Well, I mean that's because... like the earlies. Well, that's because him and like Philip K. Dick. Essentially, what happened was a lot of Hollywood filmmakers were essentially like, we could just do all of these. We don't have to come up with any ideas. Let's just do Stephen King and Philip K. Dick. Forever! Forever! They write so much! They do write so <laughs> just much. Just adapt them. Ooh, have you read the Joe Hill book yet? Uh, yes, I did. It's very large. Yeah, I, well, it's it's a, it's multiple stories, not just one story. Oh. Yeah, it's like three or four stories. Is it very reminiscent of his father? Um, It's tonally similar, Um, but I think that's probably just because, like, when you when you're raised like that like what probably, can you do yeah it's yeah. it's not the same writing as stephen king okay. i presume because i presume because joe hill isn't on cocaine uh it's fair do a lot of cocaine he doesn't look like he's on cocaine no no he looks he looks like he looks like stephen hill pretending to be a younger man it's true he looks like stephen, stephen King's hill son. i killed him stephen hill yeah you just made stephen them into king. one yeah maybe joe hill is just a clone of stephen king no joe hill is stephen king's path. son Know. We know that. We know that to be true. It's true. True story. It's true. Do you want to do our podcast? <laughs> yeah, we went on a wild ride. I was not expecting. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, there was a lot of moments in there where people people didn't get what we were talking about. They're like, "Who is about Joe Hill? Who's Joe Hill, and how does he relate to Stephen King?" So if you don't know, do a research. Read some books. Yeah, read some. Hey, read some books because this is the OC season two, episode four, the new era. The new era. Which is repeated over and over again. Oh, I, I know. I started marking down every time they said it's the new era. But anyway, uh, we start out and we get this sort of like West Wing style walk and talk. 
where Seth needs a new, new girlfriend and Ryan needs physics. <laughs> Ryan needs his uh, his scientific calculator, which is in Seth's room for some reason. Okay, he I'm, left it in Seth's room. I was going to be like, why does he have his own scientific calculator? And then I did remember that in the school year of 2003-2004, I took grade 12 math and I was informed on the first day that I would have to buy my own graphing calculator. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> F this. And then I dropped math and took writing instead. Good, and the rest is history. <laughs> That's why I have a podcast. Yeah. But but this is all done in this cool one shot where they this this show has these moments where it's just like, hey, we got this thing. Yeah, let's like, do a shot with it. Very experimental in like a very quiet, non flashy well, way. I remember like a few episodes ago where where it did like a crane shot from looking at or like a jib shot um, from looking at uh, the table to swinging up to seeing the. Uh, them in the room and yeah I, and held a shot for a while this is like this long steady cam shot it's it's like the direct the um uh the creators of the show just got more money this season they're like we bought a jib we bought a steady cam guys we're a new show like, like it's if, a new era yeah, like if this was 2000 and like 17 they would have had a drone shot in here Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. This would have been full of drone shots. Yeah, they definitely just got some monies, and now they're doing, like, a super basic, like, real OC scene. Yeah. But... But they're having fun with it, which is kind of cool, as I said. So they're doing the they're doing the walk and talk. Uh, we're getting the Steadicam. They, uh, they being Seth and Ryan, leave, and smoothly in come Sandy and Kirsten. And Sandy is working for himself. He's yeah. going to start his own firm. He loves it. Yeah. He, well, he's back to Sandy of the early of the first season where he's like, I'm doing my own thing. Except for my, my client's now going to be Caleb. And then Kristen's like, yeah, you can just have a firm where you support rich guys like my dad. <laughs> and Sandy's like, womp, womp. But, but uh, my, for some reason, this is a small thing that really jumped out to me that I really like decided to pick up on. He mentions that he heard Seth saying it's a new era. <laughs> which, which, which I'm like. Usually, usually, as soon as the focus is off a character, we assume the other character had no idea what someone else said. Just disappeared. These people heard, or at least Sandy heard Seth doing his entire diet, like his entire his thing, his entire diatribe. Yeah, this is going up. Um, but what Seth does is pick a girl out of the yearbook, like a menu. Thanks, Seth. Yeah. Seth just needs to prove to Summer that he is over her. Yeah, which he, which, but he doesn't believe that's what he's doing. No, he's just moving on. Okay, so he, so he's he being Seth Cohen in the new era. Yeah, so he picks. Uh, I can't remember her first name, but they do call her the Woo. <laughs> I think her name's like Sandy Woo. Sandy Woo or Amy something Woo, something like that. Yeah, Amy Woo. I'm pretty sure is Futurama. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sandy, I don't know. But then that's essentially the, like the crux of that scene. Is that like? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about stuff, setting stuff up. Yeah. Seth wants to date. Ryan wants physics. Ryan is not dating this year. It's actually really odd because when you when you watch the last time on, a lot of this stuff actually feels kind of final. Like, you could have just also ended it. Yeah. It could have been an entire series. <laughs> Everybody's in a state now. Anyway. But at the school, Ryan and Seth check out some girls. Because and- Seth, well, Seth got a no from the woo. And Seth rejects all the girls. No, actually, did you hear what they were saying? He's, he said he was not rejecting the girls. Oh, he was saying he they was would saying reject who him. wouldn't date him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <they're, laughs> and some girl says hi to him who's like Tiffany Rosenberg. And she says, hi, Seth. And he's like, no, no, not her. Like, we had a bad experience. And, and then, Ryan's like, so Ryan's yeah, like, okay. Well, why, why don't you tell me who you think could date? But then Seth's like, no, no, how about I tell you who I think would date me? And the answer is no to everyone. Well, no, he says yes to someone. 
And then Lindsay walks up. And misunderstands. Assumes that they're raiding the girls. My favorite thing about this is that it's so, like, self-defeating for Seth to be like, well, she won't date me. She won't date me. Eh, she might date me. And then Lindsay's like, well, clearly this. Because, I mean, who would think the opposite? Who would look at two men saying yes, yes, no, and think that it's sad? I mean, it is sad, it let's is be sad, clear. But... but sad in the Seth Cohen way of being like... <laughs> she won't go out with me she won't go out with me and so she asks what the scale is she's like oh do you get points for this points for this and then ryan's like it's a yes no it's scale more of a binary yes no and then Lindsay's like okay and she looks at seth and she goes no and then she looks at ryan and she pauses dramatically <laughs> and then says no <laughs> yeah it's real bad and then ryan's like doop 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 like, okay but then apparently that's all seth needs Seth's like, oh, she has some mild sass. I'm vaguely reminded of Summer. Yeah. He doesn't say that, but that's the subject. What he should be vaguely reminded of is Haley, because she looks so much like Haley. <laughs> no. Have you started to see it? Does he also kind of like his aunt? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no. It's he just, <laughs> he likes Lindsay because she's argumentative and bossy, which is exactly his type. Absolutely. It's true. Uh, but hey, it's a new era, and now Marissa's dressed like a newsboy. <laughs> oh, she's wearing the. Did you notice though? Her newsboy yeah. cap has a bow at on the back. Point, at one point, she turns around, and there's a honking big green bow, like like it's, it's like a insane. giant turquoise monstrosity, and it doesn't match the rest of her outfit. And you don't see it until one point where she turns around, and I and I do like the full cartoon like double take, like what? So I also was extremely distracted by the fact that her hat has a butt bow but i uh did my best to rewind the scene yeah. and rewatch it and get some actual intel yes so marissa feels very strongly that for the first time in her life she doesn't have any boy drama and then summer decides to take this moment to be like uh well i'm gonna ruin that i will say though can you say that marissa but i'm sorry when you were dating luke for a million years until ryan showed up you also didn't have boy drama. Yeah. Literally, Ryan. So you're just saying you're not dating Ryan. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Marissa, this episode is real weird. Because she's like, ah, oh, I'm glad I don't have any boy drama. Now, how can I fix that? Well, I'll tell you how she can fix it. By finding DJ, who has apparently quit her house. Well, no, he, he did. We saw it in the... Yep. It, and... it, 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 it really got confusing because he said, I quit. But and only then, to her? Well, no. And then she kissed him on the mouth. It's true. And which he said, I quit right before Ryan spotted them. So I didn't quite comprehend that his I quit still held on. Also, he only quit to Marissa, not to her parents. But that's fine. (laughs) Whatever. I'm sure he quit to them as well. He's also disappeared. But he's not actually disappeared. He's just working at their friend's house. Yeah. So. But then we get to see Zach and Summer. Starts calling him Ducky. Yeah. she, She makes a weird. She calls him Ducky. But then she acts like. It's normal? Well, no, no, no. She, I mean, eventually. But she first, like, she starts, almost like she's shocked that she said it. And I thought we were going to reveal that, like she, like, she called Seth once that and we never saw it. But no, she just, like, spur of the moment was like, hey, I need a nickname. Ducky. So I'm just going to say Ducky is what I think old gay men best friends call each other. <laughs> and I think that because of a certain TV show called Slings and Arrows. Yeah. Where the two, like... Strat okay, Slings and Arrows is based on the Stratford Festival. Yeah. And the two like Stratford actors who've been acting there for like fifty years call each other Ducky. 
I once was doing a, a role-playing game, and I had a character who the voice I did for it was very close to Sean Connery. Hmm. Um, so with the person I was playing with, which was my, my brother Brian, uh, he could come up with the character name, so I called him Ducky. <laughs> so that's what I think whenever I hear Ducky, is Sean Connery referring to some sort of manservant and being like, Ducky, get over here, Ducky. So we're both thinking of like we're both not thinking of Zach is the old point. gray-haired men in platonic friendships. Yeah, not right. summer. Uh, anyway, it's a new era, and Sandy and Caleb have lunch, and they also have the beginning of an era. That's what, that's what I mean. Like every time I say it's a new era, it's because they're mentioning said it. It's I actually I kind of like it. Just every single scene begins with someone being like, "It's a new era," and it's all because Seth was being a weirdo. I wonder if I wonder if there was like a newspaper article that just happened to mention the word "it's a new era" for Newport, and they just happened and, to like and everyone that just scene out. like subconsciously grabbed onto it. Oh, where is the scene of Ryan reading the newspaper? <laughs> or Zach? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, it's a new era, and Sandy and Caleb are having lunch. And we find out that Caleb has been funneling some money. Well, not funneling. He's been, He's been making a monthly transfer. To a trust that is... That's, it's in someone else's name, but they are like the assistant to a to council someone, member? Yeah. Yeah, but he's like, oh, I can't remember why. Probably for like, you know, tax reasons or something oh, like this. Oh, And her name is Renee Wheeler. Yes. And then he tells Sandy, oh, no, go ask my old assistant. She might know why I did it. Yeah, Phyllis. Phyllis knows. And Sandy's like, you you could have told me that over the phone. Caleb's been real weird. He's like, but then I wouldn't have gone to see you. He might be drunk already. He's drunk and lonely. (laughs) He just wants to spend some time with his best friend. (laughs) Only friend. His only friend. Yeah. His only best friend, Sandy Cohen. His only best friend, Sandy Cohen. Speaking of which, sidebar. Why aren't Sandy and Jimmy hanging out? They're best friends. Because Sandy's super busy, and Jimmy's really cool about his boat now. That's He's true. really into his boat. I do miss their relationship. I know. Doing a weird thing with having Jimmy and, like, Julie. Julie. And I'm like, I don't want this. No, I just want Jimmy and his BBF. I want, I want Jimmy to bring Sandy onto his boat. Remember, I want, I want, I want boat Sandy, and I want boat Jimmy. Remember when Sandy lied to Jimmy about why their restaurant was a no go? Yeah, and it was because no one would give Jimmy money or financing or a liquor license. Yeah. Oh, I want that again. I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so into a, a class. It might be physics. I don't know. Uh, c- clearly, Lindsay and Ryan aren't sitting together, so it might not be physics. Maybe they just take all the AP classes together. Well, she said she's just doing it to get AP classes. And anyway. Ryan is a real weirdo where he's like, oh, so you like music? Well, he's like, I-, I assume you have a boyfriend? And Lindsay's like, I hate everyone, so Ryan- no. Ryan does the worst job of... here. If he was asking her out, he's doing... The job I would expect a teenager to do. It's true. Him asking her out for Seth, which is what we know is going to happen. He does the worst job ever because Seth is the last word he says. He's like, you have a boyfriend? And she's like, I don't have a boyfriend. Maybe you like some music and maybe I... you want to go to a place? Oh, by the way, we learned this earlier. Um, it's, or, Do we learn this no, earlier we or later? later? Oh, yeah, we are learning later. Anyway, he's, yeah, so, we, oh, no, because this is, he's just saying, like, about yeah, a, a date. He's just like, you should hang out you, with the boy. You should like, like, like a date. And she's like, a what? It's like, yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to go on a date. Yes. Oh, cool. What? So you'll go on a date with Seth. And I'm like, Ryan, sh- you have not said the word Seth. She clearly wants to go on a date with you. She likes that you're from Chino. You're so dumb. He's normally so smart. Like, what has occurred? Well, I'm, I'm like, how? 
Like, I understand you're being awkward in this scene because you have to ask her out for Seth, but you have not said the word Seth yet. And you like, said the word date, and she was like, yeah. And you didn't think, hmm. Because he could have been like, it was pretty cool when you met my friend Seth earlier. Yeah, and I'm like, you're not socially inept like Seth is. You're, you're, you're cool, hardcore boy from Chino. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got this. You've asked Marissa out so many times. Anyway, so he's like... Do you want to go on a date? And she's like, yeah. And then about a day later, he comes back and says, all right. So, yeah. So, Seth, you and Seth will go on a date. I set it up. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Seth, sure. he's cool. Sure. Seth. And then he uh, then he awkwards himself away. Like, good job, Ryan. Speaking of people who are awkwarding, Julie Cooper. <laughs> Julie, Julie enters the room with a ficus. <laughs> because her goal as the CEO is to introduce some plants into the building because we need some life in there. Yeah, she's doing some interior design because she does not know what her job is. She doesn't know what a CEO is. She doesn't know what anything is. Because Caleb was like, you're in charge. Bye. She's like, plants. Anyway, so she comes in with a ficus. And she still very much thinks she can do this job. And Kirsten's like, dude, I don't care what you do with the ficus. I'm very busy right now. What, what, she is the the kind of person that I dislike the most. Because here's like, if you don't know how to do something, that's fine. Not everyone knows how to do everything. Ask things. But I hate when people are like so, so overconfident that they can do something that they can't. Well, and Kristen's sitting there being like, trying to figure something out on her computer and being like, cool, yeah. cool, ficus, cool, cool. And Julie's like, wait, you seem stressed. The boss is here. Let me fix it. And Kristen's like, I'm looking at financial statements. They're very complicated. And she's like, I don't know what that means. You don't think I'm very smart, do you? I'm like, no. 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 <laughs> Just. And I will say right now. Yeah. Casting things ahead, I'm super pissed with how this episode ends. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's terrible. Because the show wants us to be on her side, and I'm not on her side. I'm not on Julie's side at all. I am on Kirsten's side. Kirsten has worked so hard, and it's not her fault that she's not fun. Yeah. Someone has to be responsible. Yeah. And you can't because, be fun because if you're a, responsible. Be, oh, and because it's a business. Yeah. Like, it is a very serious business with a lot of money in it that a lot of people are relying on. And, like... They do a low income housing. People need that housing. Yeah. And there's and like they're in a very bad place right now because their old CEO is getting indicted and and put his wife in charge, which is the worst thing I could hear about a business. And so she is trying her best to like just keep paddling and just keep the company's head above water. Yeah. But the main point is that like yeah, Julie's just so overconfident. And then she leaves the office with a ficus. So I'm like, is she just walking around the office with a ficus? Being like, look, guys, I bought a plant. Hey, everyone, I got a ficus. <laughs> Does I, anyone want a ficus? I've done it. I got I got pocket ficuses for everyone. You just put them in your pocket anytime you want. You can pull out and get a ficus for you. Julie, no. We're a business that builds buildings. <laughs> we have business. So we can't. Tolerate this tomfoolery. There's no room for ficuses in our pockets. <laughs> this is a business. How dare you? But look, I designed you new pants with bigger pockets. <laughs> for more ficuses. And a drop hem. <laughs> that crotch, it's dropped like MC Hammer. So you can have more ficuses. Everyone in this business and everyone in this business is now gonna have ficuses and harem pants. And I swear to God, if I don't see everyone here with a ficus and a harem pant, you are fired. I will run this company alone. I'm the CEO. In my, with my with my full-size ficus and my full-size harem pants. 
And she like MC Hammer walks out. <laughs> That's what happened in the scene. You can't tell us if something else happened. Anyway, news by Marissa goes to see DJ. And she's creepy. She stalks him. And we, then we get another band. And holy crap. It's the, it's killers. the killers. Aaron, this is the, so I had to look it up because I was losing my mind. This this episode was released this like December 2004. Yeah. Hot Mess was released like six months before this. Yeah, Mr. Brightside had already launched, which was like a major number one hit. Yeah, but like, oh my god, the OC like grabbed the killer, grabbed the killer so fast. Well, a thing you need to know, Kevin, Yeah, is in this time, every teen TV show, for no reason whatsoever, had the teen's own a nightclub that specialized in music. But I but I, I like how last episode was The Watchmen, or, um, uh, not The Watchmen. Um, no, The, the Watchmen. Was it The Watchmen? Yeah. No, no The no, Walkmen. Walkmen, yeah, because The Watchmen's an, a, a Canadian band. Yeah. Um, but The Walkmen, who I've honestly never heard of, uh, but then you follow it up with, in a very similar way, The Killers. Well. And I wonder if when they shot it, like, because this would have been. They hadn't launched yet? I mean, no, because this would have been, Mr. Brightside was released in 2003, probably about the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think. Mr. Uh, Brightside is on Hot Mess, though. It is, yeah. Hot yeah. Mess, Hot, uh, no, Hot Fuss. Hot, Hot Fuss, yes, Hot right. Fuss was um, the killer's first, there's their debut album. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. And like, the killer's like story is really insane because so they're from Las they're Las Vegas. They formed in two thousand and one. Then their debut album just exploded with like Mr. Mm-hmm. Brightside and Smile Like You Mean It and like all these songs. And something just, that like, was on, I think the Shrek soundtrack. I, I don't. Yeah, something. I don't, I don't know. know if they were Shrek, uh, but like, but like they just got all these hits and these hits. But like this appearance on the OC feels almost like. Like, to get them on there, like, they, they had to have filmed this, like, earlier that summer, which means Hot Fuss had to have just come out. Mr. Bryce had been out for about half a year. So I guess either they were just, like, grabbed the killers or they already had them and there's a band like the Walkman and they're like, oh, man. We lucked out. We lucked out well, so much. at the same time, so, um, sorry, we're, like, delving. No, 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 no. But so One Tree Hill yeah. also was in their second season. Yeah. And in their second season, four reasons yeah peyton starts working at and then runs a (laughs) music club yeah sure and one tree hill had um fallout boy pete yeah yeah pete Pete, from fallout boy yeah Yeah. who is just like in the tv show becomes obsessed with peyton like they're secret dating and everyone assumes that he's her snuffleupagus oh yeah because they don't believe that she's dating the guy from fallout boy yeah so i almost wonder if this was oc's gamble to like compete with one tree hill (laughs) And they're like, we're going to try. Except for they didn't actually get the killers in there for one, more than one episode, yeah. I don't think. Well, I mean, um, One Tree Hill only got Pete for ongoing episodes. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Well, I mean, Pete Wentz has got stuff going on. Pretty good. Anyway so, anyway, so we learned the killers are playing the next night at the bait shop. And Marissa would like DJ to go with her. And then he's like, what about your boyfriend? She's like, Ryan's not my boyfriend. And I'm like, Marissa, literally, last episode. <laughs> you said boyfriend. I'm like, and he's like, I have no feelings there because the only reason she's going to DJ is because she's lonely and Ryan shut her down. Yeah, and then she has no feelings for DJ. No. She 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 just can't get with Ryan, so she's like DJ. And the only reason she believes she can't get with Ryan is because she saw him talk to Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she's right. She should not get with Ryan. Well, also she can't get with Ryan because Ryan said, "I don't want to date you." But then but she appa- still thought he was but, her boyfriend. But apparently, that's not strong enough for her. But seeing him talk to Lindsay. Ooh. Anyway, now she's very upset that DJ, like, won't go with her. Won't go with her. And she's like, oh. And then she leaves with her big-ass bow. 
So uh, back at the bait shop, yes, the, which is yep. the name of the bar. I mean, wow, it's, on, it's on the pier. I thought it was called the pier. I also thought it was called the <laughs> Neither pier. of those names are great. Let's be clear. Whatever it is, not good. That That is a recipe for confusion. So uh, Seth is doing some manual labor. He's, he's still working there. Good yeah, for him. he has kept awesome. Yeah. Now they have a place to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and then Ryan's like, "Hey, I got your day with Lindsay," and he's and like, Seth's "Like, no, no! <laughs> it was gonna be just a fantasy. I want to marry her in my mind. Not actually I gonna... can't date her." And I'm like, "God, you're such a teenager." And then <laughs> who, Ryan's like, "Who wrote you? Not the same person who wrote these other characters? No, because you're acting like a teenager." Oh no, acts. I feel like all of the writers on the show were Seth when they were teenagers, <laughs> so it's very easy for them to do Seth. Awesome. And he's like, "No, I don't want to go date with her, but you could go with me, Ryan." And Ryan's like, "No, you want a three person date." <laughs> like, no. All I can think of is like, like Step Brothers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, where it's like, "Hello, I'm here as well." <laughs> so Ryan, because he's not a real, Will Ferrell, is like, no. And no. then it's like, buddy, I'll get you a date with some other girl I know. Yeah. And what he does is he goes with the first girl he knows. <laughs> Which is Alex. Alex, who walks by. Can we just say, as far as I can tell, Alex has one tattoo. Oh, yeah. He, once again, refers to her as having a tattoo. And I'm, and it, when she quickly walked by, I'm like, what? What happens? We see her in the next scene, and it's just a butterfly on her bicep. And I'm yeah. like, that's not a tattoo, She doesn't girl. even have a sleeve. I can't. I don't even think in 2004 that was a tattooed girl. Her tattoo is smaller than my tattoo. Yeah. Like, and yeah, sure, hers is more prominent, because yours yeah. is on your ribs. Yeah. But... but but, but, like, I would not look at her and be like, ah, tat- look at that tattooed girl all tattooed up. She she got one butterfly. But Seth thinks that Ryan and Alex should date because Ryan's leather cuffs go mm-hmm. with her tattoo. Yeah. Alex he, is not into this. Does Alex own the bar? She appears to. Because she they go office. into a manager She office. goes into an office and she has stuff she's doing. She is still so, 17. So I guess 17-year-olds can own bars. Which means we're wrong about our entire critique of the last season of Riverdale. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we're wrong. I think shows are wrong. Shows are wrong. <laughs> anyway, the nice thing with the scene is that like Seth and Alex have become friends. <laughs> like he tickles her and she's not upset about it. And then he describes Ryan and she's like, are you trying to describe me? And, he, and she, he's like, I mean, I think Ryan hates smiling more than you do. <laughs> And then she finally agrees to, like, go on the date. Yeah. Which is at her place of work during a time she's not working. So, yeah. So, really, it's just she's going to be at work that yeah. day. Um. So, back in the worser storyline. We got the investment pitch for... Where Kirsten uh, is doing a very good job. Yeah. And then we... The, the lead invest guy this uh, this pitch is a, the actor who always plays, like, some sort of investor. Yeah, he's a real that guy. Yeah, he always wears a suit, and he's usually kind of not like not like evil, but like kind of usually skeezy. Like, yeah, like standoffish. Yeah, he he is the kind of guy who would play the federal officer in CSI. Yeah, yeah. Like he would find some. He would not be against the case, but he would be like, "Oh, you guys, only, you guys have to do it in this amount of time." Or like on the Flash. He's the guy who, like, stands for the government and yeah. doesn't believe in, like, yeah, he's very metahumans. Go- he's very government. Yeah. So, anyway, Kirsten's doing a very good job. 
And then Julie shows up and is like, oh, my God, I'm Julie. I'm late. Don't worry. I'll answer the questions. And then she gets the boss is here. Then she gets this super softball question, which is essentially like, how will the how will our investments like have any, like how will it be affected by uh, Caleb, you know, being indicted? It's like, oh, don't worry, it won't be because <laughs> we won't let it be. Yeah, then she then she get confidence. She's like, Kirsten, she says she says photocopy this. It's a menu. <laughs> Kirsten's like, um, she's like, I'm the boss, and Kirsten's like, well, excuse me, gentlemen, the CFO will leave this budget meeting to photocopy. A thing. At which point, Julie sits down and gets a real question. About money. Yeah, about, like, how the finance will will work. And her mind separates from her body. And her response is, yes. Yeah. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Kevin, as you know, my week has been V-stressful. Yes. Super stressful. Busiest week of the year. Yeah. At my day job. No, that's fine. So tonight, I have two beverages. One that I brought because it was, like, fun. It would be super interesting to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. And one I brought because I like to (laughs) self-medicate. Because it's alcohol. Yeah. All right. So the self-medication is a... uh, a Bud Light Lemonade Rattler. All right. Not super interesting. However, oh, 2.4% alcohol. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the worst decision ever. It's the same as smelling a whiskey. <laughs> it's like if I spilled something on my chest and then lapped it up. Oh. Uh, What's your other drink? I brought a maple water. How do those mix? Not great. (laughs) Everything's wrong with my life. (laughs) Oh, man. This is a sad segment. (laughs) The maple water is weird. It's like coconut water, but but it's maple. You're drinking maple water and lemonade. (laughs) And I tried to research what made the maple water maple. Well, I assume because they put maple in it. No, it's maple sap. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. But it's not syrup. I don't know the difference. I thought maple syrup was just sap that went on ice. I think you have ice. to refine it to get syrup. Anyway, this only has 40 calories for the entire giant thing. It's good. So it's definitely not maple syrup. That's good. Apparently, it's a nature's energy drink. Ooh. It's full of electrolytes. Yeah. It'll be good for a hangover. Yeah. Which I won't get. Which, won't be, which you won't be getting. Because my because other it's, drink Because you have one, can, one small can of 2.4%. I'm not self-medicating at all. No. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Do you want some maple water? Or some lemonade? <laughs> no, you know what? I think you deserve them both. I could combine them and put some cayenne in there, and then it'd be like I'm doing the master cleanse like Beyonce. Yeah, just like Beyonce. Cool. So we get back to the school, and Seth and Ryan are talking about like their date, and Summer comes up and decides to walk between them, and Seth cannot help but try to get the weakest of shots at her. It's true. 
And what I found in this scene, I know we should talk about what's actually happening, but I was super distracted the entire scene because Summer is wearing like a lacy flouncy tank top over a long sleeve shirt. Oh, I wasn't really paying attention to that. It's very confusing and distracting. (laughs) So uh, please tell me what else happened in this scene. So Seth, essentially, he gets the very weak shot Summer by when she walks between them. He just goes, I don't have a date tonight. Uh, and then she turns around and goes like, well, you and Mr. Oates have fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, then summer. like Marissa shows up and essentially she does not believe him that he actually has a date. It's true. And then uh, Summer and um, Seth take off. Uh, yeah. And then, and then Mar- Marissa's like, so Ryan, since Seth is going on a date, you must not have any plans. And in her head, she said, and because DJ shut me down. Maybe you hang out with me. Maybe. And Maybe. Ryan's like, yeah, no, I'm also going on a date. We're having a group hang. And I'm like, like I, I understand you could see this as Marissa just like wanting, you know, a friend. But I don't feel that way. No, also. I feel, I feel like she got shut down by Ryan. So went to go to DJ. And DJ was like, no. So she's like, all right, back to Ryan, I guess. Just keep trying. She needs to be alone. Also, it's insane that she assumes the only person Ryan would ever hang out with is Seth. I mean, they don't have that many actors in the show. That's true. It would be, Luke is gone. It would, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it's true. If Luke was there, he could be hanging out with Luke. It would be so funny, though. He's like, oh, I'm hanging with Zach. You know that guy loves comic books, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging out with Zach. We're going to talk Superman. It would be great if Ryan was like, no, actually, I'm hanging out with my, I'm hanging out with my, with my friend. I, I was almost going to say Brian, but that would be way too close. Joseph. Yeah, I'm going to hang out with my friend Joseph. He's like, who's Joseph? And he's like, oh, he's just a, he's just a guy I know. He's in my it's my AP physics class. We get coffee together sometimes. You know there's more than the four of us at this <laughs> school, right? You know there's other people here, right? Like, that's Joseph, and that's Caitlin, and that's Rebecca. Like, there's other people here. There's, like, <laughs> 20 people in every class we take. <laughs> Marissa, maybe this entire show is from Marissa's point of view, so she can only see these people. They have lives, Marissa, lives and hopes beyond us. We're all going to be architects. All of us. <laughs> anyway, Marissa is drowning. She's not doing great. Full of awkward. So, uh, boat boy Jimmy <laughs> yeah. Cooper. Yeah, boat Jimmy Cooper's doing boat stuff on the slow dance. And then uh, Julie, Julie shows up. With a lobster roll? Yeah, Julie decides to go for him for help, and Jimmy helps her? Bad help. I believe, I still want to believe in my head, head headcanon, that he's trying to destroy her. I also think that he's punking her. Doesn't it really, because like, he's like, nah, Julie, you're so great. You should really prove to all of them how great you are. Double down, Julie. Double down. Well, and the conversation starts with her being like, here's a lobster roll. And him being like, so you screwed up pretty bad as CEO, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you should keep doing what you're doing. Like, that's the only thing I can imagine the way he's acting, because he's way too... Supportive? Supportive of her, considering that her his daughter is blackmailed to live in her house by her current husband. husband. No one worries about that at all. It's gone now. It's gone, but Marissa's still, like... Living there. Living there. And all she wants is for Caleb to go to jail so she can move in with her dad. Which he doesn't need to go to jail for her to move in with her dad. No. She could actually put him in jail by being like, oh, he blackmailed me. He blackmailed me. 
he was going to buy some property from my dad, and then he said that if I didn't move in with him, he wouldn't buy the property. Which, which I know technically would not really be illegal, but, but it like, would be a horrible character witness thing to say. Yeah, that'd really tarnish him. Like, his stepdaughter comes and goes, oh yeah, he blackmailed me to make me live with him. The jury would be like, oh, oh. <laughs> this man's going to jail. Don't you worry, honey. We'll take care of that bad, we'll bad man. That bad, bad, bad. So, uh, over at the club the, we get the killers and this is how i know that they knew the killers the word because they spend so long showing the killers and i'm just gonna say the killers have no stage presence well it's brandon flowers he that's the way he does his stuff is by having dead face and like moving body i do not want to see these people live ever they they, they, just, they just did a show in dublin that was so loud apparently it was so loud it was loud enough that pe- the papers were like this show was really loud <laughs> apparently it could be heard all over dublin that's cool no no i I, I, I think that like in i mean in 2004 especially the sort of like dead face was a thing was kind of the thing like the, the only ones I, I know who sort of break from it were panic of the disco who was super like weird that's true but even they still had like the dead face going on they just had crazy legs yeah um <laughs> fallout boy was kind of also like that but no like like you watch the killers you watch some of their old videos like any of them and it's just Bre- just brandon flowers just being like ah, 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 small ah, like ah, you mean it. it like that was sort of their thing boring yeah, it's still, yeah, it's not great to see. Honestly, I think they got better. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the recent Killers videos. So. But anyway, meanwhile, Seth makes Ryan chat Lindsay up on his behalf. <laughs> well, Seth goes and chats Alex up. It's so clear what's happening here, it's and I so love obvious. every minute of it because all the kids are too dumb to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, they're too dumb to figure that Ryan should be with Lindsay and <laughs> Seth should be with Alex. Hijinks abound, Kevin. Anyway, we're going to see a, see a bunch of this, and it's mostly just them awkwardly staring at each other. And staring at the band. Yeah. Yeah. So over at the Cohen's house... Sandy's living the dream. But where did the Cohen's furniture go? Well, the last time we saw it, it was, like, in another room because that room was being, like, finished. I guess that room... So Sandy's sitting in a chair a and an recliner. ottoman. Yes. It's not a recliner, and it's just a chair with an ottoman in front of it. And that a he's small like, TV on a, like, We don't see the TV, side actually. table. We don't see the TV, actually. I assume it's actually is... I will assume it is a TV. Actually, what I assume is it's their really big TV on a very small table. Because <laughs> that's what you always do. I assume that Sandy just, like, pulled some stuff out and was yes. like, this is what I want. 100%. But there's no, there's nothing else. There's no, like, anything on the wall. <laughs> and he's just in Cheetos, living the dream. In a giant room. <laughs> but he's upset because it uh, turns out Phyllis... Is dead. She's dead. She's been dead for about a year, and Sandy just sent him off on a wild goose chase. And Kristen's like, yeah, if you had told me that, I would have told you she's dead. And pretty much this entire scene is both, both of them just sort of looking at each other and just being like, whoa, we hate every. What if we – and Sandy's like, what if we just – what if we just don't do anything? What if we we just can watch this TV show? And I kind of want uh, one one moment where, where Seth comes home, sees his mom and his dad. Sitting on bo- this one tiny chair? No, no. They both have their own chairs. <laughs> With the ottoman in front of them, eating Cheetos and just covered in Cheeto dust. (laughs) But they don't get a chance. Instead, the doorbell rings and Julie Cooper has shown up in what I thought was a party dress. I I called it a sparkly dress. Guess what? Is a shirt. 
And she's wearing business pants on the bottom. Yeah. But she wants to have a party. Right, right now. Because she planned it. At Kirsten's house. And invited people. Caleb thought it was a great idea. Caleb definitely doesn't know. I'm like, why didn't you do it at your house? You have a mansion. A you, bigger mansion. You keep talking about how it's a castle. Do it at your house, Julie. You, the <laughs> also, if you want to usurp Kirsten, don't invite Kirsten. I, the thing is, like, I don't think she wants to usurp Kirsten. She's just bad. The storyline is playing like, oh, Julie's so fun and spunky. Kirsten's so boring and business. Oh, yeah. Kirsten, she needs to learn to... Uh, Relax, I I'm guess. Like, Kirsten, Julie, the useless person, got Kirsten's job, the useful person, because Julie was married to Caleb and he didn't want his marriage. He didn't want to get in a fight with her. Let's Despite be clear. She, she would not have divorced him because of that. No. No. She, she just know. He, he did it so she would shut up. And it's the worst, like... That is a terrible thing to do exactly, to your daughter. Yeah. And that's, it's a terrible thing to even do to your wife. Yes. It's, essentially, he's like, I want you to stop talking. Be the CEO. It's a bad thing to do your company. The, what Caleb did was good for no one. Except for Caleb? It's not even good for Caleb. <laughs> he set up a bomb in the middle of his house and was like, good, now everyone's happy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we got a little bit more 2003 Brandon uh, flowers. And some and smile like you mean it. learn that Ryan doesn't like live music. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's seen two live bands in the last, like, two days. <laughs> but he doesn't like it. Yeah. But it's Alex's life. Yeah. And then uh, Summer and Marissa and Zach arrive. As Mr. Brightside starts playing, which is hilarious. Yeah. We... <laughs> Yeah, so we get almost like a full music thing for Smile Like You Mean It. <laughs> <laughs> and then as Marissa and Summer and Zach show up, it like segues into Mr. Brightside. And you're like, what are yeah. you implying, and, TV and show? And then we get more shots of Mr. Bright. They show, I, this is why I almost feel like they shot it and then re-edited it in. Because this feels mm. like an edit thing that they're just like, put in more killers. We have more footage, use it. Put in so much killers. And this is like really early killers. It's, it's yeah. weird. Anyway, everything's real awkward. Yeah, they all meet each other, some glorious awkwardness. Everyone, like, tries to introduce each yeah. other. Real awkward. And then we cut back to the other party, because, hey, two parties. And two parties. And Jimmy's weirdly confident in Julie. Why is Jimmy at this party? <laughs> yeah, Julie invited Jim. Is he drunk? I mean, let's be clear. He's drunk. <laughs> he's drunk. He's about Jimmy. He's always drunk. He but, wakes up, and he's already drunk. But, like, how does inviting Jimmy Cooper, notorious criminal and island boy, make your party it, better. It bugs me so much because it because the the moral of this arc really feels like the point is that look, Julie's perfect the way she is. We always have to figure out how to deal with her. We just have to work with the Julie within. And I'm like, no, Julie is bad and was put in a situation because she thought that she was better than Kirsten who wanted this job and was prepared for the job, I don't want to see... I want, to, I want this arc to be Julie deciding, like, this was not the right thing to do. Mm. Kirsten, you should be the CEO. Like, we can all flirt with people, and it's certainly fun for a night. But then you have to run works. a business for seven to ten yeah, more th years. Th that seems to be the thing that Julie's, like, good at, is essentially making guys think, oh, hey, if you do this business, I might sleep with you. And I'm like... That's not no. how business works. It does in the OC, apparently. So uh, back at party one, 
The Alpha Party. Yeah. Summer is spiraling. She's ranting about Seth to Zach and Marissa. Zach's like, maybe you don't obsess. And and Marissa's like, yeah, don't obsess. Like, they're both and like. And Summer's like, I'm not. I just, look, if I was so obsessed, why why would I talk about how, how much I'm over um, Cohen? Like, and they're like, both like, mm. if, if I was obsessed, I'd be talking about him all the time. Instead, I talk about how I don't talk about him all the time. And Marissa's like, I'm out of here. And there's a lot of shots where everyone is filled with ennui. Yeah, yeah, we get we get like a lot of Ryan looks over at Lindsay and Seth and Alex looks at Ryan looking at Lindsay and Seth. And then Ryan looks at Seth and then Alex looks at Seth. <laughs> and then Seth looks at Lindsay and we find out what they're talking about, which is he's talking about how much he's over summer. <laughs> like, like, okay. Oh Seth. Seth. Oh Seth, no. No. So now at neither of the parties. I, I think this is the club. Because we do learn um, from... It could also be that restaurant, though, that's Sandy Well, no, I think that owned. is the club. Well, because what doesn't... Um, uh, what Julie says is that Caleb says this is a great idea, but he's not going to be here. He has to go meet with some people at the club. Or he's going to go meet the business partner at the club. And yeah. Sandy's like, well, I should probably... So he's like, I better stalk this. Figure what's going on there. And he gets there, and Caleb is given a package to a woman. And the woman gets in a car and drives away. Sandy gets a license plate. And Sandy's like, no! And he goes inside and talks to Caleb, and he's like, hey, Caleb, who was that woman? And Caleb's like, I don't know, she was a friend. And Sandy's, and Sandy's like, like, I know who she is. I looked her up. You're having an affair with Renee Wheeler. Well, no, he says, it's Renee Wheeler. Are you? I think he's hoping it was an affair. But like, it's not. Like, Please let this be an affair, because that's so easy to deal with. But instead, it's a mysterious no. mystery. Caleb's like, Caleb's like, no, it's something worse, and you should know. And I'm like, Caleb, he lost his job for you. Yeah, he picked you. Maybe you should pick him. And it's it. I'm like, Caleb has this weird – because when we see him the first scene, he's so confident that, like, oh, I'm not going to get died for this. But he seems very clear he's at other illegal things. He has a weird amount of respect for the system. He's like, oh, no, I won't be arrested for that crime. I didn't do it. I'm not guilty. I am guilty about all these other things, though. But, but not that thing. And so I'm like, he's your – Caleb, you're so bad at everything. How mm-hmm. did you – he says earlier, I built my company from the ground up. I'm like, I don't believe you did. I still believe he had, like, so much money. Mm-hmm, but believes mm-hmm. he built his company from the ground up. So uh, back at Party Alpha – Seth is still rambling at Lindsay. He still continues to spiral at Lindsay. And she's so, so bored. She's like, hey, why don't you, uh... Oh, hey, look, Summer's leaving. <laughs> and then she dives behind a table. And then Seth is like, ooh. <laughs> and then and then as Marissa leaves, hey, DJ's there. Because his friend is banned. No, his friend... Mike's banned. His friend had an extra ticket. Seems like a made-up story. Whatever. But he's hanging out with some people. That's true. He was hanging, and then he sees her and he turns and he walks over to her. He's like, oh, no, yeah, my friend has to make tickets. And Marissa's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then she leaves. And then Ryan looks at her. And then Alex is like, dude, you could talk to her. No, no, no. no. He doesn't look at Marissa. He looks at Lindsay. Oh. No, Cause... Ryan does not care about Marissa. I wrote down that Alex told Ryan to talk to Marissa. No, 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 no. But you know what? Marissa and Lindsay also look very alike, so maybe I just got confused about who he was looking at. No, well, also, uh, also you can tell it's Lindsay because Alex and Ryan were on the top floor and they were looking down. Mm. No, it mm-hmm. was Lindsay. Because <laughs> that would be weird if Alex was like, you should talk to Marissa, and he's like, I'm going to talk to Lindsay instead. Well, that's what I thought he did, where he was like, no, I know my true heart. No, no, Alex knows his true heart. 
So Alex is like, hey, you should go talk to her because it's so freaking obvious. And I'm not into this date. And he's like, oh, yeah, you too? Because I'm not into it either. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Both of you both of you went into it knowing you weren't into it. Oh, I, no I, one even thought the other person was into I it. I guess everyone did it to help Seth. <laughs> yeah, they gave it such the bare minimum. Anyway, Zach is upset at Summer for He's just good tired reasons. of all the Seth. Yeah, it's like, stop talking about Seth. She's like, I'm not, I'm not talking about Seth. I'm you talking are much, talking about Seth. I'm talking about how much I'm over Seth. And he's like, Zach's like, I don't <laughs> want any of this. Please, I just want to go back to heaven where I belong. Just let me solve my angel riddle. <laughs> then I can get my wings. I just want that bell to ring. Anyway, <laughs> instead of a bell ringing, it's Seth, and he comes up, and he's like, "Hey, I wanted to tell you that I'm over you." And, right, and Zach's like, "I'm gonna go jump into the river. I can't or the sea. No more of this. I'm gonna go walk into the ocean." Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> Seth runs up to Summer to tell her that he doesn't want to talk to her, and I'm like, "You two are just the worst. You're the dumbest of the dumb seventeen-year-olds." <sighs> yeah, but then Summer runs up to. Zach and like essentially yeah convinces him everything's fine and Seth does his own thing anyway cool whatever so uh Ryan follows Alex's advice that I didn't remember and he goes up to (laughs) Lindsay to try to debrief about the date well he definitely is trying to ask her out but because he's Ryan yeah he like cannot he cannot get a word in like she's not even talking that much he mostly just has no backbone He's like, mm-hmm. hey, Lindsay, can I talk to you? And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, it, was, it was just a really bad date. He's like, yeah, I know, I just wanted to. No, nah, right. it was just a bad date. And, like, all he had to do is, like, hang on. Let, like, God damn it, Lindsay, let me say something. The thing is, Ryan's not good at words. He told us the episode where he found out he should be an architect. It's true. He's not good at words. He's not good at words. <laughs> he's really not good at words. Either that or he's really good at, like, knowing that, like, oh, no, the episode's not done yet. <laughs> I can't do it here. drag this out. All right. And anyway, she leaves. So at party beta. Which really is the beta of the parties. Julie's smoozing. Kirsten's trying to talk business, but she shouldn't talk business because I I don't care. I don't know. The, 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 essentially, what, what Julie's tactic is, is the pseudo flirting. I'm like, okay, number one, that does not work in the long term. Number two, that does not work if the person is a woman or gay. Number three, gross. Yeah. This is not why we women have fought to be in the workforce and to be taken seriously as individuals. Yeah, it's such like, it's like, like, like oh, no, well, we have to learn to accept that what Julie does is hit on old rich men. I get, and that's, the, no, not, not Kirsten's, like, actual good business acumen and knowledge no. of how to run a business. No, no, no. Ju- Kirsten will take care of that, but Julie will hit on men and i guess kirsten just gets to hang out behind the scenes crunching numbers like an old spinster yeah well julie hits on because that's that's what bi- that's what you need in business it's so gross yeah this is a, i don't think we're supposed to, i don't know i don't think know. we're supposed to read for it, it. it well the, the fact that kirsten gives julie essentially like a nod of approval makes me feel like we're supposed to see this as a win be like, oh yeah, we learned that Julie learned that she needs to be herself, which is gross and not very good business stuff. And Kirsten has learned she should be more like Julie, or let Julie be herself. It's and I guess maybe I would be okay with it if the storyline was like Kirsten needs a little bit more fun, Julie needs a little more knowledge, and they learn from each other. But it's not. It's but that it's not. Kirsten needs a little more more fun, and Julie's right all the time. 
It's like how during some of the worst, like Brooklyn Nine Nine is a fantastic show, mm-hmm. but there's this weird arc in like uh, I think the third season where they got where the writers got a little bit too into Gina. Yes, yeah, where it's you, like Gina is the most yeah, perfect we, we individual. Yeah, we had a few a few episodes where it's like, oh yeah, no, Gina is the perfect one, and everyone else has to learn how to deal with Gina. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's sort of like that. Like they definitely correct in Brooklyn Nine Nine is an amazing show, mm-hmm. um, but it's like it's like that where it's like this character is like, no, no, it's not them that's bad, it's you. And the OC is typically pretty good, so... So we'll see where this goes. Maybe um, Boat Boy, Jimmy Cooper, needs to stop manipulating things. Man, it really feels like he wants this to explode and it's not working. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason why he went to that party. He's like, yes, Julie, destroy yourself. Burn Wait, what? in the fire. How's this? All right, I'm going to have to convince her to, like, I don't know, set something on fire. <laughs> I do like fire. <laughs> I do like fire. Maybe I could convince her to set her building on fire. Julie, if you want to be a good CEO, you have to learn when to do arson. Yeah. Yeah, she'll <laughs> believe that. She's not very smart. That'll work. That'll work. And then this guy's like, are you Are you talking to yourself? I'm not talking to you. Boat Jimmy away. I was singing, singing Moana, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything about fire in Moana? I mean, I don't think there's a song about fire, but there is fire. There's the entire, like... Oh, yeah, that's true. The thing about the heart. And well, there's the entire, like, fire villain. monster. Yes. That's true. So, yes, there is fire. And then Jimmy runs into the sea. <laughs> anyway, uh, Marissa does what she... Oh, no, sorry, no. First, we have Seth. Seth talks to Alex about yeah. the night. Well, first, the boys kind of debrief about the date. Yeah. And then Seth is like, I need to debrief with Alex. Yeah. So he goes in that. And I'm like, when I'm watching the scene, I'm like, man, Alex really likes sad boys. She loves sad boys. Like, let's be clear. Seth is actually really, really charming when he's not self-defeatist. It's true. Like, the thing is that the, the way that so – let's let's just go this. Alex kisses him on the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that he essentially um, – I'm going to say seduced because whether it's not really a term, good term. Yeah. The way that he seduced Alex is the same way he seduced Anna. He was not interested in Anna. No. He was not interested in Alex. He's just his charming, funny he's, self. Yeah. He's just really charming when he's not spending all his time – like, being in his head. Yeah, and being like, oh, I like this person, but why would they ever like me? I, don't know. I have to prove to them, oh, I have to stand on this counter. Yeah, but then, yeah, but Alex, because once again, I she's like, I, I, I like Alex. I do too. She's interesting. Yeah, she's interesting. She, she shouldn't be 17. She should be like 26, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I guess, it, they, they, they definitely sat down and were like, all right, how do we make this character exist? We'll throw in a one-liner. It's fine. She's 17, but we'll never speak of it again. All yeah. right? Teen we'll- <laughs> TV shows. That's how we do. Whatever. Uh, but then Marissa, she sits on a, on her sad pier, effectively. And then DJ stalks her to her sad pier. I, li- I love her MO of just going to a place and just staring at nothing. Just, just waiting. Just wait her, wait her. Remember when she sat underneath the pier, got drunk, and then... <laughs> then cold ride. So, I say it's a sad pier. She's sitting on, like, a lifeguard tower. Yeah, yeah. Then DJ comes up, and I feel nothing. And this scene also ends with kissing, but ain't no one care about that. And, like, I don't care. Marissa did nothing to deserve this. She went to go talk to DJ because Ryan didn't want, didn't want to go out with her. And then she went to try to get back with Ryan, and she didn't prove anything to DJ. She just, went yeah. over, she just like was like, hey, DJ, I'm interested in you. I'm also at this bar. And then later he came up and was like, hey, I am at this bar too. And she's like, I guess. Goodbye. 
And then apparently you're supposed to be like, yeah, they got together. I'm like, I don't care. I guess what she did was prove to DJ that she went to the bar without a boyfriend. <laughs> and he's like, hey, that means you don't have a boyfriend. That was not her her choice, though. She wanted to be with Ryan that night. And he was like, what I like about girls is when they don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, once again, I'm happy for Seth and Alex. I don't care, I don't care about, about DJ and Mer- <laughs> I was gonna say Marina. That's not her name. No, Marissa. Marissa. Uh, then Ryan has a car. Yeah, Ryan is. I think he's driving Kristen's car. I mean, I presumably they drove there. I, yeah. I, but I like how Seth didn't get a ride back. And Ryan's like, I guess I'll just take my there's mom's a seat, car. There's home. a seat in the middle there where Seth and um, Alex went off to get their ice cream. Oh yeah. And then Seth was like, No, you can drive yourself. I'm getting ice cream with this tattooed girl. And he's like, Stop calling me. I have one tattoo. He also makes her buy him ice cream. No, no. no um, she offers. She offers to buy it. But it just like but stuck into last episode when I was like, Seth is so cheap. Yeah. But but she knows that. So it's she true. so she bought him ice cream. So anyway, Ryan's driving his mom's car home. Yeah. And Marissa's getting Marissa. Lindsay. Lindsay. Stop. It's Lindsay. I can't. It's either Lindsay or Haley. <laughs> Gross. So Lindsay is not waiting. really for Ryan. It's weird. It's That's super true. weird. But But uh yeah. Lindsay's so, waiting for the bus. <laughs> she's sitting by by a bench. This is Newport Beach, but when I first read it, I thought it said Newport Bench. <laughs> and I'm like, ah wait, is that the Newport Bench? No, it says Newport Beach. <laughs> and he's like, I'll drive you home. And she's like, I'm taking the bus. And he's like, I'll drive you home. He's like, I'm taking the bus. And he's like, oh, my God. I'm going to drive, like, an inch down the street, get in the car. Yeah. And then he, like, parks and they talk. And it turns out Ryan had no idea, despite the fact that he clearly should have had some idea that Lindsay liked him. Because she's like, I thought you were asking me out. And he's like, what? But I, I wanted to ask you out. Like, oh my god, Ryan. I I actually really like this scene because it's so chaste. Yes, because they're the only ones in this entire montage who don't kiss. Yeah, and and even with like Seth and Alex, they have like their like she kisses him essentially because that's the way I guess she reveals her feelings. Yeah. And then they go off and they don't end it with a kiss either. They're just eating ice cream. I find it because Ryan is so bad at romance. Yeah. Like he's very good at love. But yeah. he's very bad at romance and dating. That's why I'm like, there's no way he possibly could have gotten Teresa pregnant. Yeah. They- he doesn't have that bone. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, but, like, yeah, so they have their thing. And they're like, hey, so do you, like, you want to go on a date at some point? And she's like, yeah, I guess we can go on a date at some point. And it's just – and then they just sit on the bench and talk. And I'm like, I'm really into it's these so cute. two. I'm into these two. I'm actually even into, like, Seth and Alex. Mm-hmm. Then we get one shot of DJ with his arms around Marissa. And, and like, I'm like, I don't care. Up. I don't care. You you guys and your gross making out, like, I don't care. These ones are beautiful and pure. So there's two more little scenes that lead into this montage yes. of beautiful pureness. Yeah. Um, Sandy and Kiki debrief on their night. And Sandy's just like, I don't know. Caleb's guilty of something. I don't know. And then they kiss because yeah. they don't know. Yeah. Well, he's, he's guilty of something. Maybe not the crime he's going to definitely go to jail for because he's so he, – because he does not believe he can go to jail for it. 
Yeah. Because once again, he believes that the law will like like set him free, despite the fact that he's also willing to break it at any moment. <laughs> the law is in his hands. Yeah. And there's a really cute short scene where Zach watches the um, valley with Summer well, is on you, DVD. Well, we get this sort of montage where it's like a the couple's couple. So you get uh, essentially the four the four like main characters now have new yeah love. new significant so you, so you get Summer and Zach and they uh, they watch the valley then I think after that we go to Alex and Seth and eating they're their eating ice, ice cream. cream and smiling at each other yeah and then Ryan and Lindsay nope nope no. then we get Marissa and DJ holding each other on the on the oh um, that's right that's when that the, life, the lifeguard tower and I'm just yeah. like. I don't Ugh. care. But then we get um, Ryan and Marissa. And Ryan and Lindsay on Ryan the bench. has the big, Ryan smiles so, he's laughing, and I'm like, this is meant to be. Ryan loves to smile. Every time I see Ryan have any, because ben, Benjamin McKenzie does like the um, the stone face so well, but that he whenever had... he does the smile, I'm like. <gasps> because he has such a like heart melting, like joyous smile. Yeah. And he, but and he, he never he, smiles. And like, it almost makes it better because he, like, he saves it for the right moment. So like, good. When he does smile, it makes you feel things. It makes you smile. Yeah. The like, world smiles with him. So now so now all four of the main character like the more the main kid characters, they all have someone new. It's a new era. And I care about three out of four of them. Yeah. I don't care about Marissa and DJ. Kevin, I never care about Marissa. So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. So, this episode, you find yourself a CW moment. A CW moment. A moment where logic was washed off the shore of the beach, just like Marissa's tears, to re- be replaced with a uh, a pure snuggle. Yeah, you did it. That is drama. <laughs> you did it. You got it. Thanks. Nailed it. Um, can I do the entire scene where Ryan is asking Lindsay out for <laughs> Seth? <laughs> When he does it in the work, he does it in a way that like makes it so clear for the audience that clearly Lindsay, like yeah. they could have done that subtly. Yes, because I understand, like I do understand the plot hijinks of people being on dates with the wrong people. Yeah, I understand that needs to happen. But I feel like but that been, scene is like so heavy handed. I feel like it would have been better if like it revealed it later. Like like what if he was asking her out and he made it clear it was it, it was, was with like, Seth. What oh, if Seth asked her out and then they got there? Well, no, I I, th- I think I think it, it still should have been Ryan asking her out. But I think it should have been like you get halfway through and she's getting more and more excited, um, and then he's like, then he brings up Seth, and then she's like, at that point she's too far in. Yeah, she has to come in. Yeah, she's like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's like, he's like, killers. He's like, oh man, yeah, I love, like, I love, like, she's just saying the stuff that she enjoys because she's like, that way, you know, Ryan, if I like things, like, he'll like me. It's very clearly going to be, I'm going to ask someone out. But then the point it gets to, like, he's like, are you doing anything tomorrow night? And she's like, no, no, nothing. And then, like, gets up that point and he's like, all right, so Seth was wanted, like, you was wondering if you wanted to, like, you to know, go see the killers. See killers with him. And, and she's like, and if he's like, since you got, like, nothing else to do, she's like, yeah, Seth. Yes, it could have been just as him being awkward. It could yeah. have gotten to just the same place, but then less clumsy with, and heavy-handed. Without spending the rest of the episode being like, she clearly likes him, and Alex clearly likes Seth. Exactly. For the reason I'm like, Alex clearly likes Seth, is because I knew that Lindsay clearly liked Ryan. Mm-hmm. And also the moment where Seth starts like tickling her, I'm like, oh man, yeah, they're... And even if you missed that, the moment where... um. 
she's like, so do you like live music? And Ryan's like, nope. And she's like, it's my passion. Yeah. Like, it was just all very well, I, mean, I knew I knew that him and Alex weren't going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. Nobody it, ever thought. They didn't even think but that. But it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been better. Kevin, how about you? CW moment? Yeah, my CW moment was the fact that, that Julie had her party at Kirsten's house. <laughs> and the only explanation she gave was Caleb thought it was a good idea. The he only. But he yeah. wasn't even trying to get her out of his house. If he was trying to get her out of his house, maybe. But he left to the club. Or, like, there's no reason why it wouldn't be at her house. You could have yeah. still gotten Kirsten there as well if she was like, hey, Kirsten, just so you know, having a party with the investors at my house, so she'd probably come. Click. I <laughs> mean... like, I think I have to go to Julie's house. I guess we're having a party. She told me to bring a quiche. Yeah. Like, that could have still been good. I I, we, here's the, I'll tell you why, because we've never seen the interior of the Other castle. than Marissa's room. Yeah, so yeah. they don't have the interior to the house. That's the reason why it had to be at... But, like, could we have done it slightly better? The, could the, we have justified it a little yes, bit? Yes, and I think the best way to justify that would have been to have Renee Wheeler meet Caleb at his house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then have um, uh, Sandy knock on the door. Because we have the outside of that house, so you could have filmed that scene outside. Yes, you could have found some way, but, like, it's... <laughs> It just It's just the laziest thing they could do is be like, and they're going to have the party at Kirsten's house. Because. And like, yes, you could come up with in-character reasons being like, oh, Julie wanted to make sure Kirsten was there, so did it at her house. But that makes me like Julie so much less. I know. For a scene that's supposed to. make us like her, I Like, be like, yeah, Julie, maybe now we are on your side. I am not. I'm even less on her side than I was earlier. Yeah, exactly. It's. Going back to what we were saying earlier, it's just so gross for the arc of the thing to be like, yes, she learned to use her feminine wiles. Mm, those and like, wiles and giles. And I'm like, no, Kirsten's a good business person. She doesn't need to use it. She's just good at business. She's just good at business. That 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 would be the equivalent of having like yeah the, yeah this character will sleep with like the, the you know the the female people to get his work done I'm like no that's also gross yeah why can't he just be good at business like let people just be good at business to be fair the only one who's good at business is Kirsten and true. we're supposed to be cool and they made it they made Kirsten be cool because Julie proved herself in that one moment and I'm because Julie sealed the deal. But Short even term. Kirsten, even Kirsten later is like, will he remember he agreed to it tomorrow? Yeah, all, all he's knows? like, well, he signed the contract, so essentially we tricked him into doing it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hey, that was uh, that was episode four. We're, we're we're at this point. We're in the season. And no like, more setups. Things are happening. Yeah, all all the characters got new loves. They didn't. They they they're not as hard into will they won't they. No. I, once again, I care about three quarters of them. And Kevin, it's a new era. As they have said in Numerous just like times. new, not just beginning of the scenes, middle of scenes, end of scenes. Jimmy throws it in the end of his scene with Julie. He says, I mean, this new era is good. <laughs> I have to believe that Jimmy's trying to destroy Julie. He's got to be punking He's, her. He is way too into helping Julie. There's no way Jimmy Cooper loves Julie that much. No. There's no, no way he's willing to be like, hey, you know what? Because... I, this is a trend the shows always do with ever they have a character who's kind of like the villain, the first thing they make him better later. They always have to have a character be like, look, you're a jerk, but you're our jerk. And I'm like, no, don't be a jerk at all. Don't be anyone's jerk. The thing with Luke is they were like, you're a jerk, 
don't be a jerk and we'll like you. And then he wasn't a jerk. Exactly. Luke's, Luke. I, Luke grew. He has had the biggest arc that anyone has had except he, for maybe Ryan. Yeah, then he left the show. I, For some reason, I really wish that Luke hung around. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see, like, clearly the writers were just like, oh, we have no idea what to do with Luke like, now. Oh, no, we made him good. His story's done. And I'm like, no, you could have done so much with Luke being like, you know, the coolest kid in school falling from grace. And, and then, like, like, being a nerd. And, yeah, and, like, learning to be himself and, like, like having him be mm-hmm. the opposite of Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, be like, oh, man, I was the one. Like, that I was in the so middle, bright. now I'm the outsider. And we had that whole episode where Seth, Ryan, Luke, and Marissa. Where well, they all stood and they're like, oh, I guess we're all in this together. Yes. Like, that would have been great. I would have loved to see Luke keep on being in the series, but the writer's. We're done with that story. Couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Well, I mean, they made him go out with Marissa's mom because they're like, oh, we have to have something happen here. Oh, I know. Luke would do this. Luke would not do that. Not new Luke. Not new Luke. Not new Luke. Not our boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you have thoughts about new Luke, if you love our boy, <laughs> if he's your boy, or if you have other thoughts. Yeah, if you want to talk about any, any of these boys or girls. Yeah. You can uh, hit, us, uh, hit us up on some social media. Well, on every platform, and by every platform, I mean two. Instagram and Twitter. It's two of them. We are Podcast MOA, Podcast yeah. MOA. You can also send us a, uh, an email, which would be at podcast, podcastmoa at gmail.com. And also, give us some reviews. Yeah. Give us some ratings. Yeah, whatever, whatever podcatcher you're using, those are the best way to – I mean, the best way to get people to listen is to tell them about the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We love – we. We love to have more people listening. We told our waitress at Wings tonight about the show. We did. Hey, waitress. If you're listening, what up? Kevin's ginger beard. What does the future hold for our four couples? What is Caleb hiding? Are we going to hear more from this hot new band, The Killers? Answers to all this and more next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast.